Welcome to this episode of Consider It Blacklit. I am Kim Singleton, your host. And for those of you tuning in for the first time, Consider It Blacklit highlights films, television programs, and stage plays featuring African-Americans up front and behind the scenes. We also discuss social issues as it relates to these programs and how they may or may not impact our communities. So thank you for tuning in and we hope you continue to tune in each week. Today, it is my pleasure to highlight the upcoming musical, Marion the Musical. It is about Marian Anderson, the famed opera singer, and her life leading up to her performance in front of the Lincoln Memorial in 1939. She had to perform outside because she was denied a performance in front of an integrated audience at Constitution Hall. Today, it is my pleasure to have the writing team of Marion the Musical. Let me tell you who I have with me. I have Elkin Antonu G., Chelsea Marie Davis, Emily Ruth Hazel, Colleen Sinet Jennings, and Victoria Theodore. Welcome, ladies. Girl power all the way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so um, start, let's start off by telling our audience about yourselves, you know, what led you up to being a playwright. Start with Elkin. I have um, been in the entertainment industry my whole life and started out as a performer and then moved to the other side of wanting to be responsible for stories that were being told. So I've been a writer with my husband in film and we've worked on many, many stories together and screenplays. And then I came back to my first love of theater about 10 years ago and started working in, in writing and producing and directing, choreographing there. And uh, just have loved this story so fully that I had to jump in and become a part of of its birth. So that's my that's my journey. Oh, awesome! What about you, Chelsea? Yeah, um, both my folks are songwriters, actually. So I feel like I I got exposed to it pretty young, um, and I studied music therapy in school and and went a different route. Um, but the thing I always loved was writing songs for my clients. And I started writing songs as a teaching artist and found my way back to my first love of theater, which as a young person I did as a performer, but um, I found I really loved being on the writing side of it and getting to be part of telling the story. So uh, Marion is my first musical and I'm so grateful to be on this incredible team of women. <laughs> Well, we're, we are grateful, too, because it's an amazing, amazing piece of work. Um, Emily. I'm primarily a poet. Um, for this show, I am co-lyricist um, with Chelsea Marie Davis. And so this is really a new venture for me um, into the music realm and into musical theater specifically. It's actually something that I had never envisioned myself doing. And so it's been such a ride to, to learn this whole world um, collaboratively. And um, I met Chelsea at a um, songwriting workshop in Santa Fe um, several years back, about five years ago, when I was living in New York and she was living in Long Beach at the time. We've since switched time zones. Um, and um, I was in that workshop because I 
because the poetry workshops were full. And so um, it was it was such an orchestrated um, thing that, that we were seated next to each other. Um, we developed a friendship. We started working on a bit of songwriting unrelated to the musical at first. And then we just discovered that we had so much creative chemistry. Um, we wanted to keep working together. And Chelsea said, you know, there's this project I really think you should be part of. <laughs> so, um, so it has been um, such a ride and I'm really excited to see where it's going. Colleen. Hi, I'm Colleen Jennings. And uh, I was trained as an actor, uh, wrote my first full length play to complete a course assignment in graduate school and sort of fell in love with the uh, process. Um, taught theater for 31 years at American University. And uh, on a sabbatical, I got an email from a student friend of mine saying that a group of women, uh, a, a woman's theater company was looking for a black woman playwright. I said, well, I'm I'm one of those. Um, had have never written a book for a musical, had no idea what I was doing when I began. But again, this this team and what you've heard over and over again is that, you know, we're 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 interested, we're adventurous, and we're willing to take risks. So um, everything I've learned about writing a book to a musical, I've learned with these women. Um, uh, you know, I still do my major work is in uh, playwriting, uh, but this has been a, a wonderful experience and has opened my mind to a lot of other possibilities. So I'm I'm really happy to be part of the team. Victoria. Hi, I'm Victoria Theodore, and I started writing when I was about five years old. I would write songs pretty regularly about my little sister. <laughs> and I just, I loved writing songs. So I've been writing songs my whole life. Um, never really published anything because I just, just like I'm a poet too, but I don't publish my poetry either. I don't know. It's been a thing. So I have made my career as a pianist, as an accompanist, and as a music director for both bands and theatrical works, um, in a, um, both regionally and now on Broadway. And I met the team, well, specifically Elkin and Chelsea back in 2019, where they found my name through the Maestro Music Group. It's just been the thrill of my life. And I never thought that I, actually, I, I'd planned writing musicals for years, like, oh, I want to write one, but I just never took the action steps. And this gave me the opportunity to actually step into the role of being co-composer with Chelsea and imagining the story with the whole team and just watching it come into existence is incredible. And now I'm hooked. You guys did a phenomenal job. I attended the industry reading and I was just blown away. But I want to circle back to Victoria. You mentioned a music group where you found the other co-writers. Tell us about that for the audience members who may not know. Oh, well, Maestro Music, it's an organization for female identifying and female people who are in music um, as conductors, composers, music directors, arrangers, the whole list of different um, positions that traditionally are overlooked. Yes, I like to share those little bits of information because a lot of the audience members, you know, listen and look at us to learn different things. They may be interested. So, you know, when you mention things like that, I like to highlight them. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. So let's talk about the creative process. You have five people contributing to the script. What was that like? What was the challenges and, and what was the upside from doing that? I will start with Victoria since we left off with you. It's been illuminating in one sense that you can work with a team in a collaborative way and have it be tremendously um, satisfying, insightful, um, 
joyful and successful because I, I just, I, you hear so many terrible stories in the music industry where this personalities are rife with ego and people are very sensitive about their ideas being the only one and we really listen to each other we really do support one one another and want the show to be the best it can be and so we really now we all have our precious babies right <laughs> that we want to hold on to but we trust each other so much that we know if somebody suggests an idea that maybe kills off one of the babies it's for the better and so it's not always easy but we are able to navigate it because of the trust and the love and respect that we have for one another Wow, wow. What was it like for you, Colleen? Uh, very different because I've been a solo playwright all my life. I, when I sit down to write a script, it's me. And the first time I get to collaborate really is when I go into production and I begin to work with directors and so forth. So having people collaborating with me on the writing was really very different. But because I've taught for so many years, and, and because I've seen the power of what groups can do. Um, you know, I was excited and interested in being part of a group. And I had just come out of a, a three-year playwrights collective in DC, where I'd sort of refreshed those group skills. So this has been wonderful. And I think one of the keys to success here has been the fact that although we're each sort of expert in our own disciplines, we realize that good ideas can come from anywhere. Thank you. Um, Emily, what about you? What was the experience like for you? You know, I would echo um, what Colleen was saying about being used to doing a lot of solo work. And so it has also been, you know, such a learning process for me. And I work most closely with Chelsea and then sometimes, you know, chime in with the, the story team. Um, but we're working on lyrics um, in real time a lot of the time, you know. Um, will be on Google Docs and FaceTime, you know, and, and talking through things. And um, I think just the sense of building relationship that's very much a part of our culture as a team is focusing on relationship, on supporting each other as artists, um, wanting our personhood and well-being to be first, and, and then talking through all the other pieces that connect to that. And, um, and it is really pretty radical and countercultural um, because that focus has allowed us um, to create that sense of trust. Wow, wow, thank you. Chelsea, what about you? I have the unique uh, experience amongst our teammates to be on all three teams. So the story team and the music team and the lyric team. So I'm in every meeting, <laughs> which has, I actually think maybe expedited the process more than uh, some other teams that function with solely a book writer or even people writing the book and then they kind of hand it off to the composers. So because I get to be part of the story conversations and ask questions, um, I get to have a sense of what's needed in the scene and what the beats are emotionally so I can bring that back to the lyrics and then bring it into the composition team. So it it's made the experience for me really rich um, because all the things are interconnected. Elkin, what about you? Um, I absolutely cherish the process of collaboration. So for me, it's been a beautiful journey to watch how we've come together. I think there's something a bit divine about it because we didn't know the fullness of each other's skill sets. We came together very organically and, and miraculously and, and, set, and started discovering 
in time how we work and 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 really celebrating each other's strengths and so it became like this weaving of fabric and and it was so seamless and so beautiful and I'll never forget when Chelsea and I and Emily were working for about a year before Colleen came on board and we were all meeting for the first time we're in an Airbnb Colleen came fully prepared as the as the seasoned playwright and teacher that she is I mean questions bullet points cards pencils I mean it was incredible and she had outlined the entire story she came so richly prepared and then she shared it all with us and then she said and I'll never forget this she said Said, tell me what's in your bones and Chelsea and I proceeded to dance and sing out the entire musical that we've been working on the last year <laughs> and Kelly was so gracious and she received you know the investment that we had put in and she's like okay Let's start there. Well, the hard work did pay off. I can't wait for everybody to see this. Like I said, I attended the industry screening and I was just like sitting there like in amazement. But this next question I'm going to um, direct to, to Colleen because um, she seems to be the, uh, I want to say instructor for lack of a better word. But um, one of the things I found, like when you become a woman of a certain age, like me over a certain age, I'm not going to sing on the air. but <laughs> I find that a lot of young people aren't familiar with uh, the icons in our history. Uh, Marian Anderson is one of them. So Colleen, I would like you to talk about the significance of Marian Anderson's story and why it was so important, like in a nutshell, for the young people who are listening and may not know who Marian is, you can give them a, some seeds to go research on their own. So I'm gonna throw that question to you. Thank you for that question, because I became aware of Marian Anderson through my grandmother. Uh, she had a picture of this woman in a fur coat and little hat standing on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. And, and I always saw her then as this very proper woman who sang very beautifully, and I knew zero about her. Um, uh, the first thing I received was Chelsea's beautiful song, God Only Knows. And I said, oh, my gosh, this is this is a human being here. So I have to go back. And while I kept that iconic picture in my mind, I read her autobiography. I talked to my collaborators here. And our biggest challenge has been how do we take an icon and make her human? What are the things that every woman will understand? What are the things that every woman artist will understand what are the things that every black woman understands. So this team has sort of dug into what are the things that that makes uh, uh, that makes a human being able to produce the kind of music she produced and to be the political figure she ended up being. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. So everybody out there, if you're not familiar with Marian Anderson, please, please, please do your research. She was definitely iconic. Um, let me ask each of you, what um, was your major inspiration in the work that you do? And we're going to start with Elkin. For me, um, it goes back about almost 20 years now, not quite, maybe 15. My husband and I um, are filmmakers, in addition to my first love of theater. Um, we made a short film called Most. Uh, it was a foreign language film and it was nominated for an Oscar. But more importantly, we received emails all over the world from people saying, 
things like, I didn't commit suicide because I saw your film. I was restored to my father after 20 years because I saw your film. And it gave me an unbelievable um, understanding of the, the responsibility of storytelling, the power of storytelling. And because that film was so unique and it was a short form project, people were able to kind of use it in settings where they could present the film and then they could do talkbacks afterwards and in expand upon aspects of the film in conversation that brought deeper healing and hope into their lives. So for me, it created this combination, this equation of um, the passion for storytelling with a purpose to benefit humanity, which became the mission statement of my film company and then later the theater company, Liquid Theater Collective which is producing Marion, but it became very much the mission statement of my life. Um, and so I feel absolutely compelled and um, drawn to stories that will make a resonant impact, a transformational impact in audiences life. And, um, and that's what I love about Marion is she started out as just such an inspiration to me as a human being and her story was so inspiring. And at this time, this season in our world and our culture, her story is more important now than ever. And I, we truly hope that she, in seeing the musical, that it will lead people into conversations, lead people into areas where they can maybe find a deeper understanding, a deeper dialogue, a place of healing, um, that is unique. Awesome, awesome. Chelsea, what inspires your work? My goodness, that is such a wide question. <laughs> I can say it began when I was a teaching artist working with young people, kindergarten through sixth grade. And a teacher put the children's book when Marion sang into my hands. And I just couldn't believe that I got all the way through a bachelor's of music without ever hearing the name Marion Anderson. As I'm reading through the story and, and reading, it, it's a beautiful book with illustrations and it includes lyrics from spirituals so you could actually sing through it. Um, I just couldn't believe that I hadn't heard of her and that felt wrong. It felt very wrong that my uh, sort of black history education 30 years ago was limited to Martin Luther King Jr. You know, I mean, that was all I got um, as a white person growing up in the Midwest. And so I started using this book with my students in a very diverse school district. I mean, ethnicities from all over the world. And it prompted such incredible conversations. So that children's book is what started me on my Marian Anderson journey. Um, in terms of what inspires the work from a music standpoint, my goodness, Victoria and I are drawing on certainly her entire repertoire. Um, we're trying to pull in spirituals and we're pulling in um, time period uh, elements. So there's a little bit of jazz, there's a little bit of blues. Um, we're definitely also trying to ground it in a contemporary mu musical theater idiom so that it is accessible to audiences. We're pulling on some of her classical repertoire, but weaving it in in ways that we hope will be hospitable to audiences that aren't familiar with that. Um, you know, that type of music. So just like enough, be like, oh, what, what was that? And then ooh, we're moving on, you'll have to look it up, you know? So um, we're trying to make it um, a, a singular whole that, that holds all of these eclectic elements because I, I feel like that also reflects who Marion is or who Marion was holding all of these cultures and different languages in her person, in her body, in her voice, 
Um, and we hope to do that through the music. Emily, what's your inspiration? Yes. Um, well, for this show specifically, well, actually, I'll back up um, and I'll say that um, I fell in love with poetry when I was in fourth grade. And I got into a young writers club at the library and started um, reading at these intergenerational poetry slams. And I was incredibly shy. So it was, there was something that compelled me to, um, to use my voice, even though I was this tiny, shy fourth grader. And I just, I wanted to write all the writing assignments in poetry for all of fourth grade. And that I think is one of the ways that I really connect with Marion is that she had this sense of vision and calling as an artist um, from so young and just this, like it just bubbled out of her, like that was her, you know, it was like her first language. And so wanting to capture that and also um, resonating with Marion as someone who was very, she did walk between worlds in a lot of ways and culturally um, navigated a lot of challenging, um, not only barriers, but also just sort of like, how, how do you as a public figure um, hold this space of being gracious toward so many different kinds of people being hospitable to borrow um, Chelsea's word. That's, that's something that we talk about a lot on this team is a sense of hospitality and how do we do that through art, through um, the spirit and the presence behind it and, and the partnerships behind it. And um, so that has really spoken to me. My heritage is mixed. Um, my dad is African-American. My mom is European-American, primarily German. And um, Marian Anderson's story involves her falling in love with German art songs. And so there are all these um, unlikely twists to her story that she holds. And um, it's been really interesting to um, work through a lot of questions around like, how do we, how do we see ourselves in her story? Um, and how do we work through that? And um, as a cross-pollinator also, like I'm always drawing inspiration from many different art forms. So, you know, I go to an art museum, I go to, um, uh, I go into nature. I also consider that, you know, like creative artwork. I, um, I hear music, I see dance or I dance myself, um, not professionally, but in the living room. Um, and, you know, like all of these things um, just bring me, bring me inspirations all the time. Um, and then we get to really um, work through that um, and find how um, pieces of Marian Anderson's story resonate with ours and how we can um, help bring in her humanity um, through those conversations. Wow, thank you, thank you. Um, Colleen, what about you? Um, I, I think Emily said a, a key word, uh, shy. Um, what first struck me is that Marian Anderson was a good girl. And that's the very first thing I said to uh, Elkin, Chelsea, and Amy. I said, um, you know, I know this woman because I was a good girl. <laughs> um, you know, you have all of these exciting ideas and things that you want to do, but but your society sort of decides some things in terms of what a woman can do, what a young woman can do, what a Black woman can do. And, and so I sensed in her all the things that all the worlds she's had inside her 
that the world wasn't ready to hear yet. So how did she walk the line between being a good girl and being an absolute bohemian, being a good girl singing church songs, but also falling in love with this German songs and with opera. Um, uh, it was very exciting. Uh, you know, her, her nephew had to sit her down at a table and turn on the tape recorder to get her to talk about her life. That's how her autobiography came to be, because she didn't want to talk about herself. So, so that idea of how how a shy girl, a good girl, uh, can live her dreams and speak her truth and represent her truth, even if there are things inside of her that are still terrified of doing it. Wow. Wow. Victoria, what about you? I'm so glad you spoke to um, Colleen first so she could say all of that because that, I think, resonates with all of us. I certainly grew up the good girl. I um, have a perfectionistic streak. And I have always been a people pleaser. So following rules has always been very easy for me. Um, but at the same time, I've always loved music and always loved to perform and always loved the vast range of music. And that's the part that resonates with me with Marion. My first piano teacher was Laura Toome Scott. She was an, an older black woman who was probably one of, if not the first black woman to teach piano in the Bay Area, in the San Francisco Bay Area. And she was born in the 18, late 1800s. And so she was pretty much a contemporary of Marion's. And I don't know for a fact, but I wouldn't be surprised if when she was traveling through the West, if she needed a place to stay, she probably stayed with Mrs. Scott. Um, but Mrs. Scott told me about Marion when I was a little girl. And so when I was approached with the project, I knew exactly who she was. I have the parallel of having grown up playing and loving classical music, but also grew up in church. So spirituals and gospel music is a deep part of who I am. And so the combination of the good girl, the pressure, the seeking for high achievement, the uh, isolation of being the only in the room, even when I went to college, I was pretty much exclusively the only black person and the only woman in most of my classes. Yet and still I had this drive to go ahead and achieve and not let any of the societal pressures of being a good girl or the restrictions of being a black woman stop me. And so that's what I see in Marion. She didn't let anything stop her from achieving her goal. She made sacrifices as have I in life, but the music is what stood. And so to be able to bring that experience that I have that sort of parallels her, it's just, it's an honor and a thrill and absolutely inspires me. Wow, I love how each of you find inspiration in, in different small aspects of Marion's life. Um, it's such a dynamic story, like I say. I know people are gonna get tired of me talking about, I can't wait till it comes out so you can see it, see the story, hear the music, all of that. Well, thank you ladies for joining me today and sharing with us your journey into everything you poured in into Marion the Musical. Thank you so much, everyone. And to my audience, thank you for tuning in. And until next week, consider yourself Blacklit.